Hey, what's up? How you guys doing? Before we get started, I just wanted to tell you guys a little bit about Anchor, seeing that it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain. First off, it's free. There's tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on platforms like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast basically in one place. So with that being said, let's get started. First rodeo. No, it's not. No, it's, it's under different circumstances. Yeah. Feels feels like it's almost home here now. Yeah. Not yet. Uh, not yet. Don't get know. too ahead of yourself. Right. You're still a guest. <laughs> <laughs> You're still a, a guest. <laughs> anyway, I go. I'm a guest. That's uh, Big problem. <laughs> it's an issue. It's an issue. You're back with high demand, though. Um, a lot of people enjoyed the last episode. Shout out to you. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. So we brought him back. This time it's a, a 1K convos. Mm. You know? And um, I think, you know, when we released the last episode, it was right at the beginning of everything going on. Mm. You know? Um, the tensions. The racial tensions of everything bubbling. Yeah. Bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. And now it's... Uh, it's exploding, you know, um, not just America. Globally. Globally. Mm-hmm. Globally. You know, what do you think? Well, before we even get into that, because right now is just an interesting time overall, especially if you're a basketball player. Mm-hmm. So what What now? For basketball? Mm. It's... Uh, it's scary because, like, there's just a certain level of uncertainty, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, you know, I have, you know, they're your co-host, no season. You know, some people, they're just losing scholarships. Like, it's a lot. Like, there's a lot going on that's, that's, that people are unsure of. And for me, it'd be like, you know, wh- how is this going to affect my uh, my day-to-days? Stuff like that. Like, this stuff is it's a level of uncertainty. And you know, I think it's good because it's forcing all the hoopers to think, what what about after basketball? Because mm-hmm. like when you play ball your whole life, it's like a, it's like almost an excuse to stay childish mm-hmm. and not grow up. But um, this this moment, like this COVID, is forcing people to like, okay, you know, like there's there might not be basketball for next year. What's next? Mm-hmm. What can I do other than that? So I think it's good, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you see that because um, I think with COVID happening, that's the reason you know everybody's protesting because mm-hmm. everybody's at home. Yeah, everybody's thinking about what the hell is going on and, and realizing that yo, shit's messed up out here. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and it took them for them to be stripped of everything going on for them to realize, you know, if I'm not working, the economy's not working. Exactly. Shit's not moving. Exactly. So, yeah, you're right. Outside of basketball, it's like, what is your identity? Mm-hmm. What are you What are you offering? Uh, what are you offering the world still? Yeah, pretty much a simple way to put it. Even like what you said with the with the everything breaking out, people like paying more attention because of COVID, and it's also because there's not much going on in the world because of COVID. Cause you have the media, so the media controls almost everything we see. Instagram is everything we see: it's the sports, fluff pieces, anything that's going on that could be a distraction. There is not enough going on in the world to keep up with the movement. Or to even distract us from the movement. Mm-hmm. Like, you could, you turn on the news today, you're going to either hear about COVID, something stupid that Donald Trump said, or the racism, systemic racism. And there's nothing big enough that's going to happen tomorrow or next week, whether unless it's a cure for COVID or a cure for racism, that will distract us from those things. So it's like... There's no, there's no fluff pieces that could, that the news could turn on after this. They have to talk about these issues. Everyone has to talk about these issues. We're like forced to. So mm-hmm. that's another thing that's that's actually good about COVID. There's a lot of like hidden blessings because of COVID right now, mm-hmm. and I would consider that one of them too. If the NBA was to come back, would it be a distraction to yeah. what's going on? Yes. I say yes because first of all, I love basketball. I love NBA, obviously. Like you know, I'm Hooper, but like. Let's let's like put our biased opinion to the side for a second. The, the NBA hasn't even come back yet. Mm-hmm. Just the conversations have come back about it, and like, you know, I'm a big fan of Uncle Drew, Kyrie, and he spoke out and said, "Yo, <clears throat> we need to like put basketball on hold." And people, and you go look on like Instagram posts or anything of like of him. First of all, the 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 front page would be him saying that. Like, you need to put basketball to the side and worry about this. And you look at the comments section of those things of him or people speaking out on that, all you're going to see is just people ridiculing him, calling him selfish, calling him this and that, basing it off of his identity of his basketball moves. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, because he said, or like trying to take away his credibility because he once said the earth was flat for shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, you got, this is exactly what he's talking about. The season hasn't even started yet. This guy just expressed his opinion. But we're just so ready to let our, our basketball bias and our opinions on, on how we feel about them as athletes determine, unless it's LeBron. LeBron has a different kind of pull. But for guys like Kyrie and other guys who want to speak on these things, and we're just so quick to put that, um, that narrative on them. Mm-hmm. That they've picked up over the years. That's a basketball narrative into their social life or their outside life. Mm-hmm. That's a byproduct of social media, though. That's that's the point, you know? And that's how that's how can you say, how can you say basketball is not going to be a distraction? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you, like, just based off of that, you know, or Katie saying something, oh, oh, look who's talking, a snake. Yo, we're talking about real issues right now. Put your basketball opinion to the side. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. People can't even do that. So you're telling me, when we got the most, po- some of the most popular athletes in the world, maybe not the, but some of them, 
going back to a sport that everybody that people don't even love anymore off of the purity of the sport. They love it because it's so relatable. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have these people who love the sport for all the wrong reasons. Of course, it's going to distract them from what's really going on. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why it's like, and there's going to be a lot of things in the NBA. Like, yeah, they're going to have their speeches and they're going pr- like, to they're going to approach certain things on a daily basis, but it's not going to be close to enough work that can be done by them s- not sitting at home, but just not going back to basketball being their main priority. Mm. And, yeah, so. As a basketball player, you just don't think basketball should come back, period. Mm. This is kind of a, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, I would say it sh- it shouldn't, like, you know, like, right now there's bigger things at hand. Like if I like if I was I mean it's easier to say if I was somebody okay if I was somebody I would sit out or if I was somebody I would do this you know it's easier said than done but like these guys have a choice right now because what's going on right the rush to get the NBA back isn't because like Adam Silver says it's going to help bring just or bring notice to these issues no it's because the owners are hurting people are hurting people mm-hmm. they may not be hurting. But they they want theirs, mm-hmm. and for guys with the power of like LeBron, AD, and Kawhi to sit there and say, Yo. Kyrie, Kyrie is the vice president of the Players Kyrie Association, too, exactly. You know, and Chris Paul, the president, to sit there and say, Yo, no, I'm not gonna sit there and put more money in your pocket while my people are are looting the streets and riding the streets and starving, you know, because you're like, yeah, you may be helping the cause with with your voice and maybe in a short set of distance, but if you look at it in the bad, like in the long, in the long run, you're not because you're still feeding their pockets. Mm-hmm. As long as their pockets are going to be fed and are being, you know, or just adding up to their revenue, they're not going to care about what we have to say or our issues. Absolutely. So, yeah, to me, that's what NBA is going to be definitely a distraction. So then, if sports are, the distra- are a distraction, Mm. What what needs to be the focus? Do you think right now? What needs to be the f- the, the first thing that needs to be solved right now? Because racism itself is it's such a broad issue. It's a broad issue, mm-hmm. right? Because when we think about systemic racism, you think about education, you think about institutions, you think mm-hmm. about policing, you think about uh, residential segregation. You think think about there's so many layers, you know. What has to be the first order of action? What needs to happen? What needs to change first within racism in order to start the domino effect of everything else changing? It's a it's a tough question. It's a very tough question, and um, the thing about racism is it's so it's deeply and rooted in people's minds and some people can feel racist like th- this is this is going to be tough to understand so bear with me some people can be racist without having ill intent mm-hmm. so th- what i mean by that is that it has become the norm because it's been fed to us through our subconscious minds and through so many kind of rhetorics that w- we understand to be the norm today so what I mean by that is like through the movie industry, you watch a movie and you look at majority of black people playing roles in movies. Most of the times they're playing 
a demoralizing role at some point in that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and you go to ads, anything, commercials, like the it has been or like even rap music, which I love, which is our music, it's our art, it's mm-hmm. our platform. But like it has come to the point where these are the image that are painted of black people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so even some people, there's a lot of people on this side of the country or this side of the world who haven't had a real interaction with black people, mm-hmm. you know? So when you don't have those interactions with those people, wh- what is your opinion of them? It's what you see. The politics of representation. Exactly. So it's the re- what you see in the movies. You're going to think, oh, yeah, that's how they act. Oh, you see them act on TV. Oh, that's how they act. Oh, what you hear in the music. Oh, that's how they act. So then what I meant by what I said earlier is they can have relations with no ill intent, is that they have these opinions fed to them through media, through all these things I was talking about. So when they f- see a black person their first time, which or like not see, maybe interact with a black person for the first time, which might be when they're 14, 15, they might, that might be their first interaction for some of these people in small towns. Mm-hmm. And you know that makes a lot of majority of our country and America too. So when they have these interactions at 14, 15, they don't know how to act and they don't feel comfortable and that's racism, but they don't they don't have any ill intent. They're like, yo, I don't hate this person. It's just they don't know this person. It's ignorance. You know? Mm-hmm. It's ignorance. So they don't know anything about us. So, yeah, I mean, the first thing I, you, I would say that's mandatory is the education system. Mm-hmm. Like, from K to 12, like, put something in there that makes them aware of us, that we're not just some some tools or animals, you know, like, and aware of our history. And not just the slavery and to Jim Crow, the greatness and, and like shine on our history because we have a lot of great history, you know. Absolutely. So, once you because sh- once you put that, once you shed such a strong light on the negativity of our history, and I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm, I think that should be huge, a huge part of it too. But throw some good things about us in there as well, so they're not just constantly looking down at us. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. let's throw some things in there that'll uplift our people as well. So then we have the courage and the strength to look at each other and love one another. Mm-hmm. Well, it starts with like little things, you know, like you know, like here. I don't, I don't know. I didn't go to high school here, so I don't know if they do anything for Black History Month. Mm-hmm. So Black History Month is limiting our history to one month out of the school year. Is pretty demoralizing like one month the shortest month of the year that, that mm-hmm. you know when we, st- when we realize that black history is also a part of history then it's like okay now we can f- push the conversation in the right direction the problem is with our education system is the education system from K to 12 to college to university all of that is a Eurocentric system mm-hmm that model is a European system. So when you've brought that here and you put this in this country mm. like that, you know, it's an effect of colonialization. Mm. You're, you're upholding this, this, this standard that was created in Europe. Yeah. Right? Because when people came here, when they cursed for Columbus and the people who came and found Canada and, and all that shit, there was already systems in place here. 
Definitely. The indigenous people had their own mm-hmm. had their own things going on. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, maybe they couldn't read or write, but they could talk. They had their own language. They had their own communication. They were sp- like holistic, spiritually. Mm-hmm. They had all these things, and they were great with they were great with making things as well. You know, like using their resources. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they're the most know. resourceful people outside of Africans. Yeah, probably outside. Yeah, outside mm-hmm. Africans, probably the most resourceful people. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were one with their environment. Exactly. You know, they're so spiritually ahead of everybody. You mm-hmm. meet any indigenous person, you know, and 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 the nuances of their culture when they bring it out, you know, um, like you know, burning sage and, yeah. and 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 all that stuff. It's 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 I don't know. It's it's so soothing to yeah, the soul. It is. It is. Do you know what I mean? So these people are like. They're at one with themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 know themselves better than anybody. So for s- for a group of people to come here and try to strip them mm-hmm. of them of their identity <coughs> of their culture, you know, speaks that speaks to the genocide of of, of their people of the people. And then when they brought you know African people here to you know uphold this capitalist society, because that's what black people are black. Capitalism is built on the backs of black people, mm-hmm. the backs of slavery. You know, you own a, f- a plantation, yeah, and you're picking cotton. What cotton is your commodity? Exactly. Black people are your commodity. You, they're providing a service to uphold that 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 system. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously, you know, there's so much work and so much studies on on capitalism, like you know, Marx mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Which is why a lot of the narrative is, you know, abolishing capitalism. Yeah. You know, um, but it's a weird, uh, that's another conversation. That's a different subject. It's a different subject, but, mm-hmm. you know, the back of America and Canada is built on the backs of colonialism, capitalism, regulation, criminalization, mm-hmm. all this stuff, you know. So that's why the historical context is so, so important. You know, not just the, the historical context of where you might come from, but where you're, where the country, mm-hmm. how this country is built, you know. And when going back to what I was saying about Eurocentric, the Eurocentric education system, that allows them to control the narrative, right? Because your education system is based on what? White supremacy, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. whitewashing history. They get to tell the stories. They get to dictate the curriculum. Exactly. They get to, you know? Mm-hmm. So there is no sense of urgency to tell the other side of the story because... Well, they control it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's been trickled down so much to this point where now it's like, okay, now the beneficiaries of it don't even know that they're benefiting from it. Mm-hmm. That's how ingrained the system has. And that also goes as far as back to, like, like, there's, like, people don't understand that, like, what you said. That goes far back into slavery and stuff like that and how it caused what happened today. And even to go further more, if you look at, like, Africa right now. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about 50, 60, 100 years, like, right now. That is the number one source they're the number one source in the world for natural resources so you have countries around the world 
who are still making people slaves in Africa. And this time it's even worse. They're not taking from their created plantations and picking cotton. No, they're making them pick stuff from their own land and hand it to the white man mm-hmm. so they can sell it to people like people like uh, people like us here. That's globalization. You know? Mm-hmm. So that just proves to you right there that you know, slavery still exists. Mm-hmm. It's still there. Like if you hear about what's happening in the Congo or any of these countries that's going on there, they're Sierra Leone. Exactly. You know, like it still exists. So like it goes deep into where we come from. So even when we do get the opportunity to come here, we're still just another nigga. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's it's deep, man. It's deep. It goes really deep, and people don't understand that. And here in Canada. A lot of times, I've, I've been talking to people a lot on a daily basis, and people don't, they don't think these things exist. Like mm-hmm. systemic There's people that think this, and it's like, how naive can you be? You know, our, like our prime minister, and our prime minister put on a black face, and he was a f- one of the first people to say, yeah, these things exist. Mm. So, like, for people to come out there and th- not even realize that, it's crazy. Well, blackface is so, it's a lot more common than we think. Yeah. You know? Like, we found out, or you are new already. Yeah, in Iran. Yeah, I they figured it out last week. Yeah, they, they practice blackface yeah. during no roots, you know? Um, you know, that's a whole other conversation about embracing history mm-hmm. you know um a lot of people don't know that there's a lot of black people in iran yeah like a lot of people just don't know that yeah you know uh, like i went to the, i went to the bank the other day and the lady who served me she was iranian she saw my name and i saw her i said yeah you're, you're definitely iranian she said how did you know that she's like you're not iranian i said read my name again Oh, yes, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Barzin, Iskander, Kha, yes. I'm like, yeah, like, she's like, but you, you don't, you don't look Iranian, you know, like, I mean, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of us, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's, there's a lot of us, and then, you know, like, that's another whitewashing of history, you know, mm-hmm. the slave trade wasn't just, you know, Africa to America, no. You know, the, this everyone, this, this everyone. You know, everyone this, the Spanish, the Spanish regime invented. Actually, the Portuguese, I think, invented slavery, and you know, they went down to Africa and then you know they, you know, propagated it and made it a thing. And mm-hmm. then the Atlantic slave trade was between Africa and the U.S. Mm-hmm. But on the other side was the Indian Ocean slave trade, exactly, which took people from East Africa through, you know, um, the Arab countries, you know, the Persian Gulf, Iran, Iraq, all these other places, right? So, slavery is not just, you know, an American problem. Canada, too. Canada had their fair share of slaves, too. Um, You know, the slave trade was a big thing, you know, in Mm -hmm. in the... 14, 15, 16, 17. Everywhere in the world. Cent- everywhere in yeah, the world. You know. You know, so it's not just America. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, black people were the subjects of it. You know, slavery was all over the world, you know, mm-hmm. but like, 
black people have suffered the most from the slave trade. And to add to that point, America, more so than any country that has been through slavery, is dealing with like the people whose forefathers were slaves mm-hmm. are dealing with those repercussions the most today. So that's why it's so huge. Canada as well, not more so slavery, just I would say just systemic racism. Mm-hmm. But the the direct impact of slavery still affects people in America, uh, black people in America. Today. Absolutely. You know, that's why it's so, like, it's so huge. And the, and the fact that, and the, the thing, sorry, the thing that bothers me the most is you look at the celebrated history of it and what America has created a habit of doing to black people is because they came and they, they stripped them of everything. Mm-hmm. They made them, they took their soul and ripped it out of them. Names, gone. Religion, gone. Um, families, stripping them from families, making them breed like freaking Joe Exotic did to tigers and Tiger King. Mm-hmm. That's what they were doing to black people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hundreds of years ago. And then once they took, once they gave them their freedom, their freedom, they didn't really give them their freedom. They would, just, they would give them like a taste of freedom in doses every 50 years. Mm-hmm. So it got to the point where it was like when Black History Month was created, at the time it was probably a win psychologically. You know, they're like, oh my God, we have, our mo- we have a month because yeah, they didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, you, every 50, 60 years, you give them hope, you feed them hope, you feed them a little taste like, oh, maybe there's hope. Barack Obama, you know, that's another, it's another instance where it was, you fed us hope. Mm-hmm. But really, there hasn't, you look deeply and rooted in the amendments and in the Constitution, there hasn't been any real change. No, there hasn't. You know? So, yeah, man. It's, it's deeply rooted, you know? It's crazy. Sometimes shit keeps me up at night, fam. <laughs> you know, like, it, it's, it's crazy because it's, 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 it's so real, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, you know, on social media, people would, you know, make fun of people being woke yeah. about this stuff. But this shit has been like there's people who are just waking up to it now. Yeah. But niggas like me and you have been really dissecting this from a long time ago. For years. Years now. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is not a a surprise to us that this stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people looking at this they, they yeah. took it in. Yeah. You know, like, and that's the thing. Those are the you could tell who those people are when they're when their first thing is like, you know, like I think the rioting and looting is a bit much, mm-hmm. and you could just tell when you hear that reaction because it's like, yeah, that's nothing. You know, like that's nothing compared to what the the people have been through. Mm-hmm. We should be su- we should be surprised that people aren't being stoned. Like you know, like, like it goes that deep. Like the the pen the like, I've heard someone say like. Um, in an interview, I was watching an interview like last week, and it, uh, someone said, "Black people are some of the most passive people, and nicest people, and kind people." And it's true. It's true, bro. Because <laughs> if you look at what is happening to us, and the fact that they haven't risen up and started a revolution, you know, like or done anything to that matter yet, yet, you know, it shows you. It's like, yo, that that has to be true. Because there is no uh, no civilization in the world that would allow 
what has been allowed to black people and just sit there and take it and like that's why the rioting and looting like yeah like bro like and most and actually he, there's so much film showing that it's not even people that black people starting it absolutely but you know what if someone starts a trend a lot of people are gonna follow absolutely and I'm not even mad at anybody anybody for for trying to for pushing and, and going to extreme measures to get that message across because it showed the true colors of police. Absolutely. Showed the true colors. People were bad, were backing them up. Like, you know, not all cops are bad. Well, not all black people are bad. Absolutely. So then now you see people running over people with shields and horses and, sp and pushing an old man back, splitting his head open, brain damage. You know, like, like now it's, now people's eyes are waking, like, are opening. Like you said, their eyes are finally, people are finally becoming woke. Mm -hmm. So... But it took it to get to this point, and 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 I don't think like people are like, oh the momentum's dying down and whatever. But we're still at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is still the beginning stages of this. Mm -hmm. Like it hasn't climaxed. Yeah, it hasn't even. T so the people that say that this is dying down are the people who are checking their Instagram and Twitter for trends. Mm -hmm. Because if you look behind the scenes, it's, 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 like you said, it hasn't even climaxed yet. It hasn't even reached the point before the climax. Mm -hmm. This is, this is just the beginning. Yeah. It's the know? intro. It's the intro. So, yeah, like the people who are saying it's dying down, yeah, it's not a trend on Twitter no more. And, and the people who truly care are probably happy about that. Because going to your Twitter and dropping a tweet about what's going on, it's not, it's not what's really going to help, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's no longer a trend, but this is just the beginning. People rioting, people looting. You know, presidential election is just right around the corner. They, oh, this, these things, these things matter. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, it's not dying down. It's no, it's not, and that's why it's important. You know, people ask what they can do to help. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm probably gonna do a video on this later, but there's five things. Okay, one. You have to vote. Yeah. If you mm -hmm. do not vote, you have no say, like, publicly, mm -hmm. on how the country is ran. Mm -hmm. You can't complain about it. Because when it was time for you to speak up and, and, and make your voice heard, you didn't vote. Mm -hmm. So that's first. Second, continue the conversation. Mm -hmm. You gotta keep pushing the conversation, keep having the uncomfortable conversations with people, right? You know, if, if I'm talking, like us having this, somebody's gonna watch this and somebody's gonna get inspired by this. Mm -hmm. And and they're gonna go and, and have the conversation with somebody else. Yeah. Third, education. That's the Educating yourself. That's the hugest one. Educating yourself on what you can do, what, why this is like, the system is like this, okay? Fourth, action. Action, signing petitions, donating funds, sending emails, making the calls, speaking at public hearings. Mm -hmm. Some of these hearings are open to the public. Mm -hmm. If you think you have something to say, go and speak. Yeah, that's important. Man. Go and speak. Like, yeah. like, People don't realize how much power they have because maybe all their life they've been told that they don't have the power or, or, or convinced that they don't have it, you mm -hmm. know? And fifth, 
is my favorite one. Buy black. Yeah. Support black businesses. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that have businesses that are black, you know, that are trying to get ahead. And 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 ownership is so big. You know, we talk about nip. We always talk about ownership. Mm-hmm. We talk yeah, about yeah. Over. We talk about ownership. Mm-hmm. So these people that are doing this stuff, you know, buy black, support black. Yeah. You know, that's what we're doing here. We're doing the Persian rug business. Yeah, it's Iranian owned, but you know, the the faces of it are black. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to benefit from this. You know, if you know a, a restaurant that's black, go and eat there. Exactly. You know, you know a black podcast. Listen to facts. You know what I'm saying? So these five things are going to help, you know, mm-hmm. build and build and build. And obviously there's other things that can be done. But at the bare minimum, at least those are the minimum requirements. These are the minimum requirements, you know. And and when people realize that, you know, through everything that's gone on, mm-hmm. black people are the strongest people in the world. We literally have the blood of uh, me. Me and you have the blood of slaves. Yeah. Black people have the blood of slaves. Mm-hmm. Our ancestors have gone through the most. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, with that, you see these. Look at you, like Kobe and Jordan, Nip, all these black people, Malcolm, Martin, you know, Farrakhan, you know, Maya Angelou, you know, Nina Simone, Rosa Parks. You know, all these black people from all these different walks of life mm-hmm. are are carrying the the the, the, the might yeah. of hundreds of thousands of slaves. You know, and it doesn't matter where what part where you're from. If you're black, you come from a, a, a land, land, a a land, land of, of not just kings. Yeah. Don't forget that. We were kings way before the shit. History doesn't acknowledge it, but exactly. we were fucking kings. Yeah. So, you know, all this stuff that's happening right now and has happened in the last 400 years is just a little dent in our history. Exactly. This is a fraction of what's going to A fraction. Now. We're not defined by slavery. Nope. We're not defined by that. The blood of a slave, heart of a king. Like, that's what we're define why that's what's gonna get us everything we're supposed to have you know but like in order to 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 manifest that shit in order to get that shit there has to be so much knowledge of self and and development and Mm -hmm. knowing what you come from and and bro an educated black man is the most dangerous person in the world and most dangerous definitely even like knowledge, like you're saying, like knowledge of self, yo, that's like huge, cause like it does so, like it does so much for you mentally when you realize where you've come from, cause like if I'm like if I'm somebody, you know, for example, I don't know my pops, I'm just there in the, I'm just there in the hood. I'm not, I don't even have the the means or the appetite for more knowledge and to know more about myself. That means. If someone comes to me with a certain thing or a certain opportunity that I could acknowledge it to myself, that you know what, that might be a risk, but there's no care for me to not take that risk because I don't have I don't I don't have enough knowledge knowledge of self or self love to be like you know what, it doesn't seem like a risk. Hmm. 
So like if you if you put self knowledge, you just equip yourself with all the history that's true to your bloodline. Like just study it, just take it in. Everyone has a phone, everyone has the internet. You know, go research your bloodline. I don't recommend going ancestry dot com, but just look at the the roots of yourself, of where you come mm-hmm. from. Ask your mom, ask your grandma. You know, ask somebody in your family, and that will put a certain ac- accountability within yourself, because you're proud of who you are. Mm-hmm. Once you're proud of who you are, you you second guess and you you think about everything you're gonna do, everything, everything. So that's like. To me, like you saying knowledge of self, like that's huge to anybody. If you want to know, if you're if you're a black person, like yo, what can I do for myself? Yo, knowledge of self. Figure out where you come from, who you are, because if you figure out your history, you wouldn't put it on the line for a quick buck. Absolutely, you know. Mm. So I think that's huge. It's 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 super important, and that's why it's. I think that the most important yeah. thing is to know what you come from. Exactly, because then everything you do, it will be a reflection of your past. Exactly, you know, when people dwell on the past, you know, they dwell on the wrong things. But when you dwell on, oh, this is what I come from. This is what I stem from. This is what. This is part of my identity. You know, then you need not. You don't. You'll never have a problem with your purpose. Exactly, you know, and and it, it's it's easier said than done, of course, but. It's so 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 necessary, you yeah, know. That's why when I went when I went to Iran, mm-hmm. what it did for my 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 mental and my my brain, like it wasn't about basketball. Mm-hmm. It, that's what I went there for, but it, it was so much deeper as a grown ass man to go there. I was not a grown. I was a man technically, but I wasn't a grown ass man yet. Mm-hmm. But it was very crucial for my growth. Mm-hmm. And I never understood that. Like you always told me when you came back, you're like, "Yo, you gotta go. Yo, you gotta go." And I still haven't been. But it wasn't until like maybe like halfway through last year, when I did just did some research myself and looked into something my like and learned from like from pops mm-hmm. or you know talking to our family. Just like I'm like, bro, I could I could I only got like a taste of what you're talking about, and it hit home for me because mm-hmm. it's just a whole different world. Like you just you realize the world is bigger. Mm-hmm. Than where you really are, and like that, like you know, I never understood when you said that. Mm-hmm. When people say that, or even Nip said that, you Nip, know, yeah, Nip when went he, back to Eritrea. yeah, he went to Eritrea, you know, from like from Compton, from LA, yeah. South of LA. Like you get to see that because in America, brainwashing this is the world, this is how the world works. America is how the world works. This nigga went and opened his own eyes, and you could just see it from everything he said on from that point. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. And and I'm not finished. I'm trying to go to Nigeria too. I'm sure. trying to go to Africa. Yeah, and no. I'm trying to. See that shit too, because mm-hmm. I that, that's a part of it too, but you know Iran was the taste. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And 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 it's so crucial, and you see it in in like you said in Nip's values. Mm-hmm. He went back to where he came from. And the eyes are wide open, and it opens your eyes. Mm-hmm. It does wonders for for you as a person because now you see that your base, what your base, what your your identity is based exactly. on. You know, and you like you'll never settle for less. Mm-hmm. You'll know your worth exactly. Even I watched an interview with him. And he came. He said like, Yo, when I came back, I, I was hesitant to go back to gangbanging." Mm-hmm. You know, like just let that sink in. Like that's all he knew his whole life. 
was gangbanging. And then when he came back, he's like, bro, like, I have a duty, a responsibility that's bigger than me. You know, it's bigger than me just risking it all. Like, it's huge, bro. That's, that's huge. huge. And that's, and, I, and you know, that's exactly what it is. That's why I attribute all my, everything for me and my purpose is way bigger than me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know what my family comes from. You know, dad was an entrepreneur. His grandpa was an entrepreneur. You know what I'm saying? It's in the bloodline. It's in the bloodline. And then, like, you know, being black, you know, being a descendant of Africa, Mm -hmm. there's a whole other side of it. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's so crucial to know exactly what you come from. Mm -hmm. Because when you know that, then you will never settle for anything. Anything below your worth. Anything. Because you know exactly what you come from. Exactly. You know, so it, it's so important, and and people, and and people, and that's why like people, will, it's intimidating, yeah, when somebody knows their self worth, because it comes off as cocky. Mm-hmm. It might come off as you know like yeah, self absorbed, yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, but like, bro, this person just knows what yeah they know what, what they want they know what they want they know what's for them they exactly. know what's not for them. You know what I'm saying? It's very it's much easier to listen to your your soul and listen to what your 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 destiny, your divine purpose is. Because now you know exactly where you come from. Exactly. And it's sad because a lot of people in America don't have that luxury. Yeah. You know, and that's why it's so hard to it's so hard for, you know, black Americans to rise up. Yeah. It's it's difficult. Yeah, fam. Because you've been stripped of all this. Imagine if if Black people were here on their own terms. Look at Canada and America. But like, take a second and look at a lot of the black people who come on their own terms. Exactly. You know, and look how easy it is for them. Yeah. You know, because they chose that. They they have their identities though, like Nigerians. You know, mm-hmm. some of the, some of the most successful African people come from Nigeria, and it's because they just they go anywhere, anywhere in the world you go as a Nigerian, mm-hmm. and they chose to be there. Exactly. And you know, and like. Like you said, looking at the African-Americans, so many of my teammates, when I first asked them, when I was first met them, like, where are you from? What's your background? In Toronto, that's like a regular, that's like the first question you ask anybody. Mm. You ask anything. Yeah. Where are you from? Where you where you know, from? You know, where's your background? You know, it's, it's diverse city. But, um, it's, it's like, it, when I understood that they just didn't know, like the confusion and the answer, like, yo, like, I don't know. It It was like, it's like, Heartbreaking a bit, bro. Yeah, I never understood too. Like I used to ask my teammates the same thing, yeah. and some of them didn't know. You used to roast them for like, what do you mean you don't know? You know, but <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, what do you what do you mean you don't know, fam? But yeah. then I look at them like, yo, like they really don't know, like mm-hmm. like even their names, fam. Like their names, they don't. Do you think uh, you go to Africa, you're gonna meet a black person named fucking Sam, or or like you know what I mean? Have a name like that, like Robert or something like that? No, bro. Like they wear. Slave names, exactly. If not slave names, then they're masters' names. Mm-hmm. So, like, and for those people that don't know, um, that is why Malcolm X refers to himself as, as Malcolm, Malcolm X, X because yeah. he didn't want to. He didn't want to use his slave name. Exactly, he took away the master's name. Mm-hmm. Just, that's why it's X. So you know, like, that's that's deep. Like, that's deep. You know, that's a dude who sat there when he was in prison and took the time to. To teach himself, mm-hmm. so, and that's what I was saying. You know, on one of my uh, other episodes, that's why it's so important to 
be alone and think about these things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, your your identity is everything. You know, and you know, going back to Kyrie, you know, everything he stands on. You know, people forget Kyrie knows himself. Yeah, but Ky- and Kyrie's an intellectual person. Like, Kyrie's smart as hell. Mm-hmm. Just, if I wish he would, he would. He's such a uh, introverted person. So he doesn't put himself out there. You like you get a chance to listen to that dude talk. Like he's a smart ass dude, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, I just wanted to say that. You continue. He's like a modern. He's a spawn of Kobe, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> you know, we <laughs> look at Kobe and we see Kobe, and you know, Kobe was he walked the walk. He talked the talk. You yeah. know, he was the greatest of all time, hands down. You know, yeah. um, but. You look at Kyrie, and Kyrie embodies all of that, you know. And he, and he, Kyrie knows himself. Kyrie's a leader, you know. So when we hear him say stuff like, you know, we shouldn't go back and play, I sit there and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Kyrie, you're points. right. You have some points, bro. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Because right now, if if basketball comes on, it, the, the, the attention from everything going on goes away. Yeah. And when Kobe died, you know, you saw the impact of how every single person, regardless of their skin color, mourned his death. Mm-hmm. Even people who hated him. Even people who hated him. Yeah. Quote unquote. You know, that there's so much power in that. Mm-hmm. You know, and now you lose the glue guy, and now the world has fallen apart. <laughs> like literally, literally. But it, it's falling apart for good reasons. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, they're they're just so similar. Even the way they play, the way they study the game, the way they pick their spots, the way they pick everything about them yeah. is so similar. And one of the things people never realize, you know, Kobe. Kobe saw the game from a young age, from Italy. Mm-hmm. Right, he was in Italy. His dad played in Italy. His dad was a pro. His dad played in the NBA. And then he came to high school, middle school, high school in and America. Yeah. So because of that, his game was so, so his understanding different. of yeah. the game was so much more advanced yeah. than everybody else because he saw the international game and, and then the came, fundamentals, the fundamentals and, yeah. and everything. And then he came here and learned the other side, the athleticism, yeah, the, flash, the flash, all that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, so see like how Luka Doncic is so successful mm-hmm. because he learned the fundamentals and he grew up playing as growing master the fundamentals, master the fundamentals, yeah. and then he didn't come here to play. His teen years, he came here uh, as a grown ass man. Still, still killing. Yeah. So then you look at Kyrie; it's the same thing. Oh shit! Because he he spent time in Australia. Yeah, he did. Yeah, his father played pro in Australia. Yeah, that's true. He spent a lot of time in Australia, <laughs> and then high school he came yeah, here. And holy, yeah, I didn't <laughs> think about that. He came here and learned the game. Yeah, from. What Americans play off the flash, the the the, the aggressiveness, uh-huh. the the all that you know. So that's why they're so alike. They have the same path. Yeah, they went through the 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 international, mm-hmm. the fundamentals, learned the game the right yeah. way, which is why Kobe is so detail oriented. Same with Kyrie. Same with Kyrie. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. And then they came here and they played against the athletes, the, the mm-hmm. big guys, the strong guys, you know. And Kobe. Kobe always said if he never went to uh, if he never went to college he, he went to Duke, Duke yeah. and Kyrie went to Duke, Duke yeah. 
you know, and, and, and people, for, like, don't, make it goes over your head. Yeah, you know, exactly. You, you don't make these connections, but that's why they're so alike. And even to, even to add to that point, they're both, like, Kobe, what Kobe was in the 90s, skill-wise, is what Kyrie is today. They were both ahead of their time. We work when you you never seen somebody at Kobe's size come up, chew the gum, crossover, crossover, and come in and just punch it like that. You mm-hmm. ne- you've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. And then now you've never seen someone with the pill like Kyrie. Just dude's a wizard, bro. You don't you don't know what he's gonna do. How many point guards do you know? Fucking <laughs> ask for the ball, elbow, <laughs> post up. How many point guards do that? Yo, fam, done. Like Chris Paul, maybe the yeah, only one. But like like the way Kyrie does it, like. Bump, bump, shimmy, fade, like, bro, yeah, like, bro. And just, just his, his package is ahead of his time. And so was Kobe's, you know? Yeah, and I think that ties back to what you said, like, the fundamentals, learning the fundamentals first, mm-hmm. and then building the flash afterwards. Because then you have purpose with your moves. Absolutely. You know, you're not just doing moves to do moves. Like, Kyrie does a lot of moves, but everything is with a purpose, you know? Yeah, if those guys can both kill anybody in three dribble one-on-one. If they want, yeah. Two dribble one-on-one. Two dribble, you know? You know? They're just that good. Like and it's crazy. And that's why Kobe is better than Jordan. Mm-hmm. Because his fundamental package yeah, it's is just, way it's way It's way more advanced Mike's, than Jordan's, yeah. You know, yeah, Mike had the dominance and whatever. And mm-hmm. yeah, everybody has that, you know. But that fundamental package, uh, the, the detail, yeah. which Kyrie embodies the same thing, you know. And so, you know, same DNA. Exactly. exactly. Different animal, same beast, you yeah. know. But... Yeah, Kyrie, and uh, yeah, I have a lot of admiration for Kyrie, and even Kyrie playing under LeBron's shadow. Yeah, you know the same thing Kobe went through. Kobe played in Shaq's Shaq. shadow. Yeah, that's actually really true. You know, and yeah, Kyrie, if he stayed, they probably would have probably won another one. Yeah, if everyone was healthy. But he said he got out of it. Under, he got out of there early, but he still has to go through the same growing pains that Kobe went through. Mm-hmm. And I think he will get another one. I maybe think two. So too. If if Katie's healthy, yeah, he gets. Two, maybe three. And, yo, like, if you were forgetting, that Kyrie was killing this year. Oh, yeah, he was killing. So you add, KD is just going to make his job easier. KD is a, is a purist. Like, he doesn't need, you know, like, he doesn't need much touches. Well, you saw it on Golden State. His touches went down, but his efficiency went up, you know? Like, he just gonna, he's going to figure out a way to put the ball in the bucket. His job just got easier. Exactly. And it's going to be the same thing with Kyrie. Exactly. So, yeah, man. That's that I love I love Kyrie, bro. I love Kyrie. You put the two guys you put two winners on the same team. They mm-hmm. both won. They where both they were. Did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so Raptors are still I think the faves. Well Lakers are the faves, but I like the Raptors to, to beat Do you want Lakers over Clippers? Before the break I was taking the Clippers. After the break, now that LeBron has had a lot of time off I will take the Lakers this year over the Clippers only because of this break. Mm-hmm. If it was, if this 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 COVID shit didn't happen, I would have the the Clippers going to the finals against the Raptors. I don't know, man. I've, I'm just I'm just a, I have a an emotional tie to Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> me, too. me too, absolutely, me too. <laughs> you know, the, too. Uh, the dude is the dude's unbelievable, bro. I think the Clippers are better than the Lakers. Yeah, but uh, it's just what time off can do to some. Guys. But LeBron got that time off last off season. He did, yeah, you absolutely. Know? And he was killing. He's killing. This he season. was killing. He was killing this season. But don't forget, Kawhi needs that time just as much as LeBron does. That's true. That's you true. know, 
So it's true. It's gonna be interesting. It's, it's definitely gonna be interesting. I don't know. We'll see. I don't really care for the NBA to come back. I don't that's think they should say come that. Back. This, that's the distraction right there. Look what we're talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm like, We're having a conversation having about a, real uh, shit. Uh, yeah. And NBA hasn't even started yet, bro. It's and basketball. Just, just like that, bro. And, and this is why it's so important for basketball players to, to, to think about what they bring to the table outside of hoops. Yeah. You know, for me, this is a conversation I had very, very early on. Because I wasn't as good as I, I, I thought I was. Mm-hmm. I think that's the case for all of, of Which is a, yeah, it yeah. is a case for a lot of hoopers. And, and, me embracing that is what led me to that and a combination obviously with my trip and 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 a lot of factors mm-hmm. is what made me find a, a a greater purpose you know like even with me speaking on these events and everything going on and 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 speaking at the public hearings it's not about me no it's never been about me mm-hmm. but I know that if I say the right things and I can open the doors for the right people to get in the room, mm-hmm. then I've served my purpose. Yeah, you've done your job. I've done my job. Mm-hmm. I'm just the one willing to speak out because that's what I've always that's what been. you do. That's what I do. But when it comes time to come to the table, I want the, the, the right people mm-hmm. to be in there to represent us so that the right change will happen. Mm-hmm. Because right now, those those rooms are not filled with anybody that look like us. Exactly. So that's where my duty of speaking out on this shit comes in. It's, it's, it's not about me. It's mm-hmm. not about uh, 15 minutes of fame. I could give a fuck. Mm-hmm. But if the right person gets in that room, that's the, that's the goal. That's what I'm trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why, you know, we can't be complacent. And the more you know, the more you're educated, the more you can contribute the more we can you know definitely you know tackle this head on you know because canada has a problem yeah fam. canada has a problem it's not just it's, it's the education policing even in basketball it's every, every it's, everywhere. it's everywhere it's everywhere, bro. it's everywhere and it's my job to shed light on those things it's mm-hmm. your job to shed light on those things it's, it's our job to speak on these things we're educated we're black we experience this shit we've experienced this shit firsthand mm-hmm. so no, the momentum isn't dying down. No, we're close. It's, it's strong. It's strong. It's just that we, black people need to be pulled out of their day-to-day lives mm-hmm. and see it from a bird's eye view. Yeah. Once you see it from that bird's eye view, you're going to realize, oh, shit, this shit's fucking broken. Yeah. I, I got to go protest. Exactly. Oh, this shit's fucking broken. I got to speak on this. Oh, shit, this shit's broken. I got to do something. You know, it, it's it's bigger than the individual, and that's what that's the definition of a stand-up guy mm-hmm. is if you're willing to stand up on what you believe in. Yeah. You know, you can't be passive with this shit. No. You know, one time, two things, two pieces of advice that I have gotten that are so relevant right now, and they're probably some of the best advice I ever got in my life. One is that. If you're part of this movement, or if you're part of anything and you want to contribute, use what you do best, figure out what that is, and figure out how to incorporate that in the mm. movement. Mm, mm, mm. That's when some of the first, that was the first piece of advice I got. And this next piece is actually something that my homie told me in a 
situation that had nothing to do with this at all. Just driving a car, someone tried to switch lanes, and dude just was not doing it. He was being all passive about it. He just overtook his lane. When he looked at me, he said, my nigga, passive aggression is going to get you nowhere in life. Mm. And but he was talking about switching lanes, but I took when I heard that shit, I'm like, bro, that shit is so true. You you cannot be passive about anything because if you are someone is gonna put their flicker on, it might not even put their flicker on and take your lane and cut you off. So you cannot be passive aggressive about anything and like like that pushes doesn't help you. Doesn't help anybody. Doesn't help anybody. You know, so I'm starting to learn that a lot now. Yeah. I used to be very, very passive with a lot of shit. Um it was selective. It, passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, some shit was passive about, some shit was aggressive about. Mm-hmm. There was no in between. Uh, it was one or the other. Yeah. But now I'm realizing you have to be aggressive. Yeah. You have to, like, it, everything's a choice. Mm-hmm. Every single thing's a choice. You can choose to stay silent on these issues. Yeah. Or you can choose to speak up and put your foot on the gas. And white people, too. White people are so important to this movement. Yeah, bro. They like they don't understand like they they don't understand you know and it's hard to understand like it's hard to understand something that doesn't directly affect you mm-hmm. you know but like to be able to look at it and, and to say you know what like this is bigger than me like you said it's a stand up person it's a stand up guy and in this fight you gotta realize that even if if you're a business owner you have some kind of entity it's more than your entity you know you gotta stand up and and be that bigger person and look at the collective people who are suffering from this systemic racism going on, you know? So there's one girl on my Snapchat. She uh, actually a friend of mine. The funniest thing. She posted on a story. She said, link to my only, uh, finally made an OnlyFans. Swipe up. You swiped up? Fucking no. <laughs> <laughs> fucking First of all, I didn't even... <laughs> You swiped up. First of, all, first of all, I didn't even see this. She told me she did this herself. Mm-hmm. She said she posted a, a story. Uh, link to my only finally made an OnlyFans. Swipe up. She's like, I'm like, so you made an OnlyFans? Said no. If you really looked, you would have known it was a bunch of petitions for Black Lives Matter. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, like, mm. and she's she's a white girl. You know, so like to to do something like that, like yo, you know, like that's. Like, people, I'm not saying do more of that, but, like, in your own way, yeah, do what you got to do to open people's eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. In your own way. So, yeah, I thought that was funny that you did that. One thing we, we people don't really talk about mm-hmm. is um, how integral black women mm. are to this movement. For and, so they've, and they've been. Yeah. How integral they've been. Yeah, I was going to say this that. Movement. Like, mm-hmm. From the civil rights times before that, yeah, bro, they're the they're the catalyst. Yes, it's not the men. No, it's not the white people. The white people can help change it, mm-hmm. but the people who are the centerpiece, the, the 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 glue to this, is black women. Exactly. Exactly. Like they're the the strong ones. They're the ones who are 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 on the front line. They're the ones who are taking care of the black men. They're yeah. the ones who go through the most. They go yeah. through more than, than black anybody. Men. Than anybody. Anybody. To be a black and a woman. Black and a woman, yeah. yeah. It's a double mind not double like disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah. You know? You're facing 
these two sides of two sides of of of, of shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're so important to this. Mm-hmm. And without them, men might just be passive. Black men might just be passive about mm-hmm. this. They're the brains to all of this, you know. Yeah, like, like you said, from, from civil rights, people think people think Rosa Parks was just a woman who was fed up and said, "I'm sitting no. here and not getting." No, that shit was meticulously thought out. Mm-hmm. You know, she did not. She just come home from work and say, "Like, nah, fuck it, I ain't moving." <laughs> you know, that's not what happened. So people think that happened. No, it was planned. It was strategic. Exactly by black women. Exactly. And she said, it, "Like and people were telling her, you know, let a man do it." She said, oh, "I'm not gonna let a man do it. I want to do it." Let me go and sit on that bus. Mm-hmm. And let's see what they do to me. Mm-hmm. Like, yo. <laughs> yeah, people don't know The that. bravery. Yeah, the bravery, bro. Yeah. The bravery. like, And, the, and the, the, the ghost of Rosa Parks walks with so many of our black women today. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I, I could sometimes I could feel like she's just there holding their hand because you could just tell by the, the strength they hold. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So... And plus, we're raised by a black woman. Exactly, you know? Yeah, so they have a soft spot for that. Not just, yeah, it's just it's different, fam. You know, it's we see it. You know, I, I, I've had this conversation with several people, and, you know, I've said, you know, being Afro-Iranian, mm-hmm. yes, I'm Persian. <laughs> yes, my dad taught me how to be a man. Mm-hmm. But my mom taught me how to navigate society. As a black as a man. Black man. Mm-hmm. And that is so, so, so crucial, was so crucial to my growth. Because if I was raised by a Persian woman and a black dad, it's a totally different dynamic. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the shit that I've seen or went through could easily have gone the wrong way Mm -hmm. because of who had given me those lessons and who had raised me. Yeah, because, you know, mom took the time. To sit there, like, you, you know, people talk about the talk. Mm-hmm. And for us, there's a different kind of talk. Absolutely. You know? I and had to talk about this stuff before having to talk about sex. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. It happens. Mom probably talked to me about it when I was, I think, six or seven years old. Just just the fact of, like, having to live with the fact that this is your skin color. Life, it, you're going to be living through your life like you have a fucking 60-pound vest on your body, you know? Mm-hmm. And one thing she always said, she said, she'd always say, you know, if you put this on your skin, this armor on your skin, to get half of what anyone has, you need to work 10 times, 20 times, 30 times as hard just to get half. Hmm. So, like. I never understood until I went to play basketball in university. Yeah. That's when it clicked. That's when it finally clicked for me that being black, I had to work 10 times as hard as a white man. Mm-hmm. To add half of what they had Exactly That's what my, my mom told me that from so, so young And she said And sometimes you still won't get it mm-hmm. You know So Yeah man Shout out to the black women out there bro mm-hmm. You're important Integral man Integral Super, super, super important You know um, and, and, and you know what bro It's just the beginning Yeah It's not This, this 2020 has been A fantastic year Hmm I'm going to be the one to say it because everything is starting to shift. You know, yeah, we lost a legend. You know, the fucking, it's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. We got to walk around mask on. You know, yeah, shit's going to shut down, but shit's going to sh- totally, everything's flipped on its head. This is beginning. For mm-hmm. all we know, it could go into 2021. Yeah. And there's still certain events that, are, that haven't happened yet that are going to 
continue to dictate the course of this movement. And we're still waiting. You know, there's there's so much bullshit that's happened. You know, like the 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 the, the, the faulty mental health checks, mm-hmm. which has been a fucking issue for so long. That shit has, needs reform. Mm-hmm. The policing needs reform. You know, we need justice for all these different people who are victims of a system mm-hmm. that doesn't benefit colored people, black people. Doesn't benefit all of us, you know. And then you know we have the leaders are slowly, slowly emerging, mm-hmm. one by one. We're finding out who's who and who's not who. Mm-hmm. Who who can be bought and who can't be bought. One every, one by one, everything's coming out, and that's why like the gifted gab is so important to me. Yeah. Because me and Andre own it. Yeah. You know. Nobody can filter Nobody you. Nobody can filter us. Nobody can filter that's us. That's why that's why I love I love coming on here, you know. See, I have not like yeah. I have nothing to lose. Exactly. You can't cancel me. Hell no. I I run this shit. <laughs> <laughs> you can't cancel me. <laughs> you can't cancel me. I, I can say exactly what I want to say whenever I want to say it. Mm-hmm. That it's an expression. It's a place to express yourself, bro. Yeah, I'm not. There's no white man paying me. Exactly. I got let go from my job, mm-hmm. and I and, and I'm happy. <laughs> I was happy to be let go from my yeah. my part time job. Yeah. Because I seen when all this shit started, I seen, I seen what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 this is why. Ownership is so That's what Nipsey was talking about This is exactly Mm -hmm. what these guys were talking about If you're still being paid by the white man Guess what? You have a lot to lose Yeah, a lot You have a lot to lose And the thing is Is that This is what people don't understand Like I'm not a I'm not a far left side person I'm not a guy who's Who's out here fighting for Marxism or, or communism However Capitalism is the root of all evil. Absolutely. You know? And anyone can you can say whatever you want. If you don't agree with me, school me. Debate me. I'm down to have that talk. But in my estimated opinion, that is the root of all evil. Because, yes, there is a lot of people who are benefiting, you know, artistically, uh, economically. You go to you go work a job at a retail store. Anyone gets an opportunity that is due to capitalism. Yes, but let's look at the people who are who were considered higher figures, you know, and people who still had to be paid by the white man mm. and beg for that beg for that crumb. Maybe not the crumb, but just go back to them for that dollar. It takes away. It demoralizes them. Mm-hmm. You know, look what they did to my nigga Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, like. The second that that dude had all the power in the world, and he and his name was bigger than everyone that was giving him that check, and he started to speak, and and he and he started and he got woke, mm-hmm. you know, and he saw what was going on. Dude, I heard a story. Dude went to um, the producer for Star Wars, George Lucas. George, Lu- no, Steven Spielberg. Sorry. Oh, okay. And a few other other top uh, movie producers in the world, and said, "Yo, I want to create a movie, a documentary, based." on the systemic racism and the injustices due to black people. They said no. Mm-hmm. He said, I was gonna f- I'm a f- I'll fund it. I got the bread. I'll pay for all of it. They said no. Mm-hmm. You know, and 
it was shortly after that all, all of a sudden he touched children mm-hmm. you know and it, and it was so many people are, and there's and it wasn't only that you know you had tabloids paying thousands of thousands of dollars for people to come in and, and spread info about Michael Jackson they had that That's you know you, you never believe the slander lies for the devil's satisfaction exactly bro so they were they, they like it was a goal to tear that dude down Dude was more respected than anyone that was cutting his check. He's the best artist of all time. Fam, you know, but he could sit in rooms with politicians across the world, and they looked at him like he had a divine presence. You know what I'm saying? And they would have done anything to take that away from him. Anything. Yeah. That's the only dude to this day. He's only hated in one. He's not hated, but the only country in the world where people will, will slander that name is in America. Not, exactly. And somewhat of in the ignorance of Canada. You know, but this side of the world, you go anywhere else in the world and you say that name. It just brings joy. Yeah. So, like... Anywhere. Iran. Anywhere. Fam, you know, and Europe, no, like any Africa, country any in the country. world. Places where people don't have water and they don't have food, they know who Michael Jackson is. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what a meal is on a seven-day basis, but they know who that nigga is. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like... And that was kill, that killed him. Killed him. Dude funded, funded the Million Man March. Mm-hmm. Fucking, I think seventy percent of his proceeds that he'd made in his life went to charities, like fam, like seventy <laughs> percent of the money he earned as his whole life went to charity, and they would have done anything to strip that away, that power away from him. He you was know? powerful, powerful, yeah. and you look at dudes like Hove. You can't do that to Hove. That's oh. why. I, that's why I have this, the, the newfound respect for Hove. But since like I started listening to him a few years ago, yeah, because he owns everything. Yeah. He everything. owns all his shit. Everything. And you can't see. You can't, can't see. Can't. Even though he doesn't even speak. He doesn't speak, but he said it in the song, you know? Don't, you don't believe. Something about silent movies for the cameras. I don't know. And uh, that song with Ghost uh, Soldier Slim. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know? Mm. You, make a, you make a movie or something like that. But whatever the bar was, and it just goes to speak. Like, you don't know what that dude does behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. You know how much power that guy holds? Absolutely. So, yeah, bro. This is it's 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 why it's so important to pay attention. Pay attention. Man. It's so important to pay attention to what's going on and who's saying what and what's saying who and who's got the power, right? You know, America is based on consumerism. You know, consumerism is 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 in the hands of the white man. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why you have to know what you're consuming. Why it's so crucial that you're not just consuming junk. Yeah, because there's artists out here that give you valuable information through the form of their art. Yeah, through movies, through all this shit, you know that, and and you have to pay attention to that, not the stuff that's gonna distract you and kind of fry your brain. Yeah, literally fry your brain. Like before COVID, people's brains were fried. Yeah. Now they're waking up, and. You know, the revolution is not going to be televised. We know that now. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 it's because there's this this one because social media, and that's one thing that Marx said: the overthrow of capitalism will be because of capitalism, mm. because the devices that are produced by capitalism are going to aid in the overthrow of capitalism. That's one of the things in the mm-hmm. Communist Manifesto. Yeah. Right. So, like, these cell phones that are helping us see all this mm-hmm. shit in real time is what's going to aid 
this revolution. That's what this is right now. Right now, you're you're you're, you're watching the revolution. Yeah, and it's not gonna be televised. Mm. So, might be on Twitter though. Might be on Twitter, <laughs> YouTube. You know, um, Instagram maybe. We'll see. Uh, we don't know how Mark moves, but you know. So that's why it's so important to see, pay attention, man. Education and, and 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 just knowing what's going on. And and you know, if you're black and you're not active in this battle, that's a problem. Yeah. If you're white and you're not active in this battle, that's also a problem. But we just haven't got to you yet. Yeah. That's. And we're coming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you either with it or you're not. Yeah. Simple as that. Well, you know, uh, before we wrap up, is there anything you wanted to touch on? This has been probably one of the longer episodes. Yeah, I mean, nah, I mean that was that was fun, yo. Well, it's a pleasure to come chop it up with you. I mean, we we do this every day behind closed doors, but that's true. That's but yeah, you know, just um, I want to say this actually to all my people who want to take part in this battle. A few things, you know, it's gonna be, it's a it's a long term battle, and it's mentally draining. And one of my friends, a close friend of mine, well, probably the closest, told me when he saw how active I was, we were getting, to take care of yourself mentally, you know? Take those day-to-days to just, to just unwind. Read a book, do something for yourself, because this it's mentally draining. And mental health's the real thing. You know, I know a lot of for immigrant families, they don't, your parents might not believe in it, but it's true. So take care of yourself, and it'll power you more for this battle. It'll give you more power, more knowledge, you know? And um, to my people of color, all my black folks, all my indigenous folks, anyone, just stay in touch with your roots. Figure out the true history of your roots. And it'll help you. It will help you so much in the long run to, to come together, to hold yourself accountable. And yourself, and it will give you some credibility. When you hear someone talk, I've seen pe- videos of people going up to random people, picking on people, knowing they might not know something about a subject. Imagine if you acknowledge yourself with that, with that weapon of knowledge on that subject, you're gonna make them look like a fool. So, you know, do that. And to my white folks who wanna know how to help, just stay open-minded. And when the opportunity does present, when the opportunity or a moment of racism comes up, don't let it slip by you. You know, I know it's probably the norm to go, that's just, that's just my Uncle Rick. He, he's the open racist, page him. You know, you could pull him to the side and say, you know, like you shouldn't be saying things like that, have that uncomfortable conversation because it, it's gonna it's not gonna happen in a day it's not gonna happen in a month it's not gonna happen in a year but over time those things will make the effect that it can you know so that would be my closing statement still no it's perfect man it's perfect 1k convos you guys know what to do yes sir like subscribe comment share everything you know um shout out to my other guy andre kelly yep shout out kelly you know, that bald bastard. <laughs> we're here, man. We're trying to have the conversations that matter, and this is what we did. This, this had this platform for. Yeah. And um, yeah, www.thegiftedgab.com. Yeah. Tap in. We got petitions. We're sending emails. We're trying to reform. Try to reform education, and and, and affect whatever we can, however we can, the way we know how to. Um, we don't know everything. And 
we're willing to have the conversations you know so if there's anything you don't know or if there's anything you want to enlighten us on hmm. reach out let's chat and until then stay safe stay healthy keep that mask on and just, just like, like that. that we gone <laughs>